0: time for the brotherly love podcast
1: keeping it real on the philly sports scene since
0: 2014 but you know still he's yakless. Oh.
1: he's a wonder. he is my god good job zach hurts baby love it hurts it babe hurts it babe whether it's the fight in bills the birds the fly guys the process or a national headline these two beauties are talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. Here's your host, Joe O'Donnell. God damn it, I love Chase Utley. And John
0: Mita. Harry Williams, do me a favor. For one week, can I not talk about you?
1: What is up, SoundCloud? What is up, iTunes? It is the Brotherly Love Podcast. Joe O'Donnell, John Mita keeping it real as always. Johnny Mita, how you holding up, my brother? Talk to me. Talk to me. What do you got?
0: Doing well, baby. Doing well. Doing well. Uh, you know, just uh, was engulfed in the, in the NFL draft, and uh, getting the renewed rivalry back between the Sixers and the Celtics should be very exciting. Well,
1: a good, a, a good intro, my friend, by you because uh, we will talk about both of those things. We'll also spread the love, our spread the love segment coming up for you. You can follow us on Twitter at Love Podcast, but we're going to talk NFL Draft. We're going to talk David Akers owning the Cowboys, uh, not on the field, but at the podium. And we'll talk a little bit about the Sixers as well. And again, spread the love. Follow us on Twitter at Love Podcast, at Love Podcast. All right, brother. Um, I'm a little rattled. We didn't talk a lot of draft last week. Podcast. We were kind of scrambling. We wanted to knock it out. We had other stuff to get to, including the Sixers' playoff run. But uh, you, you are kind of our you are our draft guru, and uh, yeah. usually you pull some guy out of Eastern, Western, Northern, Southern state uh, that the Eagles need to take in the fifth round. You've seen him on YouTube. Uh, so we didn't get that John mita type preview. So with the draft in the rearview mirror, before we get to David. Uh, David Aker's kind of stealing the show from an Eagles fan base standpoint. What did you make of the Eagles selections down in Dallas in the 2018 draft?
0: Listen, if if you look at this draft in general, this really wasn't a draft where you were going to get the next star player. You were going to get some type of difference maker. It was kind of, hey, we're, we're at a comfort level because we are the champions of the world you know we have the opportunity to just keep building depth on our roster and the eagles ended up drafting a tight end they trade out of the first round so no fireworks we didn't get to see jason kelsey take the podium apparently that was rumored if they were going to make a pick at selection i think they really liked the running back sony michelle but the patriots scooped him up a couple picks before they decided to trade out carson wentz lobbied for another tight end top target Dallas Goddard. This kid is, in my opinion, was probably the best tight end in the draft. He comes from a smaller school. He comes from, what is it, North Dakota State? South Dakota State. Them, South Dakota State. So, yeah, not North, I'm sorry. The Jackrabbits is South Dakota State. So, you know, what he can do is everything. He's got a great body. He's 6'4", he's 260. He, he can run pretty much every round in the route, tree, and he can also be a, form- a formidable blocker which is something that they're going to lack due to the fact that they didn't re-sign Selleck, and we all know Ertz is more of like a receiver. So, and you lost Trey yeah. Burton in
1: free agency.
0: Exactly. So it kind of filled to me. It kind of did both things. Carson Wentz kind of knows this guy. He lobbied for him. And a lot of my tourists, believe it or not, they had this guy as a potential first-round pick. Yeah. So, well, I saw it, it, you know, Pro,
1: Pro Football Focus, a you know, very analytical, statistical-based football site, uh, with rankings and where guys rate in certain almost smaller statistical categories, they had him as the number 1 tight end in the draft. So to get him at 49, um, I'm done ripping small school kids. Thank you, Carson Wentz. So I don't care if he played for the Jackrabbits, the uh, Antelopes. the It doesn't matter. I mean, if this kid can play football, he was rated higher than where he was drafted. The Eagles moved back to get him. They acquired more assets. I think it's a home run.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it was a good pick. And not only that, they stole him right before the Cowboys. And right now, Jason Witten is kind of still on the fence. You know, should he join the broadcast booth or should he play? And I think the Cowboys were definitely going to probably take another tight end in that spot. If you look at their war room, it just looked like Jerry and company were all pissed off. So I, I, I like the pick. Well, they could have been like pissed
1: off pick. about that. They could have also been pissed off by this, the legendary... Rant that is David Akers giving it the Cowboys fans at the draft. And it sounded like this. In case you missed it, Roger Goodell introduces him. There's been a trade. Eagles get the Colts pick. And David Akers, a uh, longtime pro and one of the most accurate kickers in Eagles history, took the podium and said the following. What's up, Dallas?
0: Oh, kickers we kickers throwing the Cowboys. B- last.
1: Johnny Meta.
0: Well, it was great because you hear Mike Mayock clapping in the background. He's a total story guy. Yeah. And the fact that the commentators are just losing their cool yeah. is even better. Yeah, They're they, cracking up. They were cracking
1: because, up. Uh, the, yeah. f- the fact then that they draft a guy with the first name of Dallas in Dallas. Yeah. And the fact yeah. that he, like, it was good, but the icing on the cake for me, is is yeah. is two is twofold. One, he goes out of his way to mention to the fans, most of you, like most of these draft picks weren't even born yet the last time you guys were relevant. And I mean, that was just a great line on top of rattling off all the Eagles accomplishments Absolutely. last year. But then part two of me, what makes this so great is that Cowboys fans got completely trolled in their house by a kicker. When it was first, when it was David Akers coming up, I'm like, really? Akers? Like, I love Green Acres. all right? I, I get it. But it's like, Akers is our guy. That's who we brought to announce our pick. Because they do, you know, four, second round picks are done by former players. Like, we don't have a Hall of Famer, like a legit Hall of Famer, not a kicker. We brought a kicker. Like, we're talking practice? Like, that's how I felt. Like, our kicker? And yet, he just went up there, lit them up in their house, capped it off with the line that most of them, most of the draft picks weren't even born the last time the Cowboys were in their Super Bowl. And to a chorus of boos, unfazed, right in their face. So, John Mita, more impressive speech. Jason Kelsey or David Akers?
0: Well, Jason Kelsey is going to go down as one of the all-time, all-time speeches in, in history. David Akers, I mean, and that was... That's a close second, man. It was... You know, it was it was very entertaining. He got the point across. I think it was a little payback for, for Drew Pearson, tossed all his smack in Philadelphia, and uh, the Eagles didn't have the opportunity to to come up with some because they didn't pick in the first round, and they didn't get Last the acknowledgement yeah. that when the draft right. was in
1: Philly. Yeah,
0: right. And they didn't get the acknowledgement that they were world champions. Usually, the commissioner will say whoever that is if they're still picking in the first round. So David just you know. He gave it a karate chop, man. It was, it was amazing. And everyone laughed, and I thought I he did an amazing job. And it was great. It was great. And to do that in Jerry's house, I mean, I'm more sold than that one. So I thought it was beautifully said.
1: So, yeah, Drew, Drew Pearson last year was stirring up the Philly fans when the draft was in Philly. And then, as you mentioned, no Roger Goodell to say the world champion Eagles select because they trade out of the first round. So this was like, you know— yeah, you're two strikes in the hole and then Akers comes up and hits a dinger. Uh, I mean it was it was just great and I love the fact, Johnny Mita, I love the fact that he was able to do it in the face of adversity. You know, Jason Kelsey had a million fans cheering and screaming and kind of applauding and, and they're just they're they're eating it up and at the same time they're all stunned by what's coming out of his mouth. Akers goes into the uh, into the hornet's nest and with everybody booing to the point where you could barely hear the guy, he delivers that goal. It was just outstanding. So, um, All right, so the rest of the Eagles draft real quickly. Uh, you get Avante Maddox, a cornerback from Pittsburgh. Uh, in the fourth round, you get Josh Sweat, defensive end from Florida State, also in the fourth round, five picks later. Then sixth round and seventh round picks, offensive tackle. You talked about depth. Anything jump out about those guys?
0: Well, I mean, Josh Sweat and the guys had a riddle in which, you know, regarding his knees, but he could be a guy. It could be one of those garbage in the gold picks, and not that he's garbage, but you know, the potential, the ceiling for him to be a great player is definitely there. It's just a matter of you know, can he hold up injury-wise? So I thought that was a big pick. The Maddox pick, listen, slot corner was a need on this team. Worley got dismissed from you know, the, the guy we acquired in the Carolina yeah, Worley, trade. Yeah, Worley, yeah, he got dismissed from the team, so you're not sure who was going to play the slot corner. So it'll bring some competition. Patrick Robinson left in
1: free agency as well.
0: So. Exactly, no doubt. And I do like the undrafted free agent signing of the running back. Running back was was a need that I thought. Josh Adams, they, they, they pick him up from Notre Dame. I was totally on board with that. I think he could be a great difference maker, and I think he's going to make this football team. And I think the running backs are going to be – Corey Clement. They also re-signed Darren Sproles. Oh, didn't even talk about Spursy, that babe. So, Spursy, babe. some good Sproles is back, but I think the running back room is now set. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just and and next year. I mean, next year is going to be another draft where there's going to be it's going to be rich with talent. You're going to have a ton of picks. You're going to get some compensatory picks for the free agents that you lost and. So, if you want to get difference makers on the offensive side of the ball, I think that this is just one of those, let's fill a couple needs We and, and create some depth for our football team.
1: And it's a great spot to be in. I mean, the Eagles have, have historically really never been in this type of spot where five draft picks is all you need, all you all you get, and then possibility of maybe upwards of 11 picks next year. Uh, any thoughts, real quick, on uh, the, the guy from the Australian Rugby League, from the South Sydney Rabbitohs? <laughs>
0: Uh, well, my snapshot, hey, he's definitely an athlete. All right. So, but more of athlete type project. But we'll see. I mean, Jeff Stallard, he's a good offensive line coach. We'll see how good he is. I mean, maybe this guy could be put on the football field in three years. Who knows? But to me, he looks like a private squad guy all the way. All right. To start. Let's
1: we'll jump to the, to the 76ers. They trail the Celtics one game to none after a 117 101 loss in game one. The extra day off, which I don't know that the Sixers necessarily needed. Obviously, they had a lot of time off after beating the Heat in five. The celtics bucks series went seven. There was too much time off probably from the Sixers, maybe a little rusty as far as shooting the Rock goes and game scenarios. Uh, they lose by 16 early in the first half. They had some stretches where they had the lead. After that, it was pretty much all Celtics. Every time Philadelphia made a run, Boston countered with a big three. They could not miss. Uh, I don't see the Celtics shooting like that the rest of the series. Maybe I'm crazy, but when you look at the Sixers' box score, John Mita, Robert Covington, three points in 26 minutes. Saric played 33 minutes, just 12 points. Uh, Bellinelli, just 11 points. Ilyasova, just six points. These guys were missing terribly from three they were missing their open looks i know a lot after the game was talked about brad stevens and his coaching they defended the three-point line i don't know I, it looked to me like the sixers just missed their shots what did you see
0: yeah i mean here's the deal when the sixers have shot poorly from the three-point line in this playoffs we've learned that they pretty much will lose if they shoot under 30 percent. i think they were what five of 26 passing shot the lights out Boston was, what, 18-19 from the free throw line, so they shot a whopping 94%. So, you know, they did some things. That, and I think the loss kind of hurt. I mean, Boston was in a tough game, seven. They get to play two days later. And I, I think sometimes layoffs, you it was great to get the rest, especially with Joel Embiid, his injury, give him some time off. It was such a physical series with Miami, so it was good to get time off. But I think the other good thing about this game, Joe, is the fact that it's an extreme wake-up call. The Boston Celtics don't have Kyrie Irving. They don't have Gordon Hayward. They're not walking through the door anytime soon. But what this game proved is, listen, this is a good basketball team. They finished second in the Eastern Conference for a reason. I know Kyrie played most of the year, but still, there's still a lot of decent players on on this basketball team. And you're going to have to bring your A game to beat these guys. They don't seem to be afraid of you. So I think if the Sixers shoot better – It kind of went really in a great offensive flow. Joel Embiid did extremely well. And Ben Simmons, he's going to have to be more aggressive on trying to get the ball into the paint a little more often to try to have the defense collapse on him and double. And it's just amazing that Brad Stevens didn't double Joel Embiid. But when the shots are there, these guys are going to have to make them. And they've been able to make them all year, but now it's going to be imperative that, 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 that they make some three pointers because it's it's a big part of their offense. It has become a big part of their offense with some of the European guys coming off the bench, Bellinelli is Silva. So and, and it just seemed like Boston's defense. It just seemed like they rushed the Sixer shots by you know a half a second, which which then kind of threw off their rhythm. So I expect a better performance. I think it was a great wake-up call. It's like, you guys aren't invincible. This team's coming to play. If you're going to want to win this series, you're going to have to play your tails off. And I think that was a good thing for them to kind of get pounded in game one, and we'll see how they respond.
1: All right, let me just throw one more thing in here, okay? Can we stop crowning Terry Rozier the seventh, like, the greatest basketball player ever? Talk about overreaction. Listen, I don't know anything about the guy. I just had to pull up his stats, but just so I wasn't crazy— the guy in his career, I don't even know how old he is, so this could be one season for all I
0: know. Probably no, he's probably 25, okay. 26. All right,
1: so yeah. he, his career stats: he averages seven point two points per game and less than nineteen minutes. So, can we just chill out because he had a good game and he was unconscious from three-point from the three-point line? That this guy all of a sudden is the difference in the series, like Uncle. All right, I, I, the national media, the broadcasters the other night. By the way, why the hell is Kevin McHale? calling these games. Why isn't Dr. Uh, J calling the games, for Christ's sake? Like, give me a break. I know he's been working on TNT, and he's average at best. He's average at best. And if he doesn't bleed green and white Celtic blood, then I don't know who else on the planet would. So when the Sixers start to take over this series, I'll be very interested to see how that clown handles being unbiased because I don't see it happening. Uh, Lastly, on the Sixers. The Jason Tatum, Markel Fultz subplot line. The Sixers obviously taking Fultz. The Celtics taking Tatum. Tatum being a stud. Tatum burning the Sixers. Like, I could have seen this coming from six miles away. Am I crazy? Has Markel Fultz played a second since Game 2 of the Heat series when he was awful? The team was awful, but he was awful in his limited minutes? I don't think he's played a second since. Am I right or wrong?
0: Yeah, no, I think you're right on that. I just well, what the I don't hell? think I know, I think he should be thrown in the fire a little bit. I mean, I don't think the guy will... He does so many other things, you know, besides shoot the basketball. He plays good defense. He gets his teammates involved. He's creative. He re, <clears throat> he's creative. He's creative. He rebounds. Like, he takes the pressure off having of another ball handle out there. I would like to see him get some type of burn here. Like, why not? If you can throw, you know, TJ McConnell on the floor, and TJ's been I, he's a, really a, nice a player. Team, so yeah, I get it. He's a very servant, but why not put this guy? In? Maybe he can give you his I part. Don't I don't Maybe. know. Something's
1: up, man. So I'm telling you, something is going on yeah. mentally with the kid. He looks uninterested, out to lunch, confused, la la yeah. land. I mean, you've seen the screenshots. They zoomed yeah. in on him one time and it, he looked like he was on an airplane getting ready for a snooze. Meanwhile, Tatum's dropping thirty. I'd be in the yeah. air like Take off the damn sweatshirt. Are you there to play basketball or are you there to hang out? And I don't want to put this all on Fultz because I understand it's a coach's decision at the end of the day, but if he is not able to play basketball because of mental or physical restrictions, then don't send him out on the court to sit in the front row and basically get embarrassed. That's embarrassing. It's not helping anybody's confidence, all right? Whether it's Markel Fultz or Jimmy Snooker or Bob Johnson. Nib, just pick a random name. It doesn't matter. If you're in a spot like that kid's in and you're not playing and nobody knows why and a guy that was drafted behind you is lighting it up, that is nothing but mentally damaging and embarrassing. That's 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 not sports. That's
0: life. Go on, brother. I got nothing to say on that. I, I mean, mean seriously. Of? Get him in
1: the game yeah. or put him in the press box. Oh, yeah. You know, instead he's sitting there in his track suit Looking like he's there, like, on a free—like, a a comp ticket. Like, give me a goddamn break. All right, let's spread the love. Jury's still out on, obviously, Markel Fultz. All right, you wanted to spread the love, so I'll let you start, my brother. Here we go. I'm going to fire up the romantic music. We'll take this to a more positive place before we wind down the final minutes here. Let's get a little positivity going. Where are my tunes? Here we go. All right, brother, spread the love. What do you got?
0: I have to spread the love to another NFL football team other than the Eagles and I gotta get spread some love to the Seattle Seahawks say what take, I know I know I know it sounds sick but I gotta give him props for drafting Shaquem Griffin if people haven't seen this guy he's a college football player that had a, a, ambiotic band syndrome which is basically he's only playing with one hand so Seattle decided to reunite him with his twin brother and I give him a lot of credit and I think at some point we're going to hear a lot about what a difference this guy's making on the football team, on the football field. So, TLC are drafting Shaquem Griffin. That's why I spread the love.
1: I like it. I like it. I'm going to spread the love to a hockey team that is currently uh, having a hell of a run. How about the expansion Las Vegas Golden Knights. Feels like an eternity uh, eternity ago they were having the expansion draft. George McPhee, the GM, put together a bunch of basically castaways. Um, he held a lot of teams ransom. He had some leverage with, hey, I won't select this guy if you give us this pick or this prospect or these two guys. And he built one hell of a team. They were outstanding in the regular season. They shattered every single major pro sports expansion record by a mile. And they now have a 2-1 to series lead in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs over a very talented San Jose Sharks team. They have moxie. They have speed. They have skill. They have veteran experience. They have a, a great chemistry. And I doubted this team a lot throughout the year. Ah, they, they'll fall apart. They can't be that good. Get to the playoffs. I thought they'd lose to the Kings. They swept the Kings. Uh, I, I don't believe in Marc-Andre Fleury because I'm a hater because I hate him. I hate the Penguins. Even though he's not on the Penguins, I still hate them. Uh, And that's me. Uh, And Marc-Andre Fleury's playing great between the pipes. They have a lot of confidence. And the Las Vegas Golden Knights are two wins away from the conference finals in their first ever Stanley Cup uh, NHL season. So my spread the love goes to the Las Vegas Golden Knights. All right, Johnny Meta, at the buzzer, any final thoughts?
0: Sixers. Let's just, you know, my final thoughts is let's show them what type of basketball team. Shoot the ball better, for God's sake. How many games are we going to have where we sh- only hit five threes? Now that's embarrassing. Come on.
1: Break it. All right. Sixers, even the series on Thursday night?
0: Without a crush. Out it. About it. It's a John Mita lock. Book it. Yep.
1: Johnny Mita. Love, love, love you, brother. Love
0: you, brother. Thanks, brother. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. I'm off to the Caribbean for a Destination Wedding, two friends of Riley McManus and Mike Figueroa. You tie in the knot and put a comment. So, looking forward to to being there for sure.
1: All right. So. Destination Wedding. Make it back in one piece.
0: We'll never know, Joe. we I'm kidding. Absolutely.
1: 100%. It's the Brotherly Love <laughs> Podcast for John Mita. Joe O'Donnell. Donald. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Follow us on Twitter at Beloved Podcast. Till next time. Thanks for listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com.